What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David. I got the whole crew with me. What's up, Jen? Hey, guys. What's up, Ryan? What's happening? And what is up, Meg? Yo, yo, yo. We are back today, starting my the countdown to my one of my favorite holidays, Halloween. So the next two months, we are going to focus on the horror genre, and I am excited that we are looking at all the best and worst horror films since 2000. I originally thought this was going to be a lot harder than it was, but there is actually a lot of good horror films since 2000. But before we get to that, let's get into the news of the week. Um, I want to start off with, Meg, you weren't on uh, the week we just discussed this, but the whole uh, Mulan being $30 thing. Yeah. And I kind mm-hmm. of, I kind of put a percentage of what Disney uh, Disney Plus subscribers would have the would have to purchase Mulan for its order to be successful, and I think I uh, if fifty percent of them purchased it, they would make over five hundred million dollars, something along those lines. And if twenty five percent of Disney Plus subscribers purchased it, I think they would be like at the hundred and fifty to two hundred million dollar range. So early signs point to Mulan outpacing the number one most streamed movie on Disney Plus this year, which is Hamilton despite the $30 people okay. are actually paying for it. Okay. So it looks like families are paying for it and it's even seemed- with all that controversy. Yeah. So it looks like it's a success and it wouldn't shock me if Black Widow follows. But is it the lowest no. made Black Widow. live action right now? Is it what? Is it the um lowest like this is the live action that they've made the least amount of money on? Oh, absolutely right? because yeah. it's it's only in theaters overseas. I, think I read something about Yeah, that. it it didn't do well in China at the box office well, because of the controversy going yeah. on over there. So, but yeah, Meg, you were going to say something? Yeah, uh, well, Black Widow confirmed they are going to theaters and that they're not going to do the Disney Plus route. Interesting. So I don't think they that, should. No, because, you know, I, I understand it, why Mulan did it because it was a live adaptation. Marvel movies, I feel like they will never take that route. They'd rather, you know, mess up their entire schedule lineup to make sure it has a theatrical release because look at how much money it brings in Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm gonna play the female card here i just think it would be a disservice to have a female superhero movie have to go and a marvel movie have to go like yes we had it with captain marvel but like i just think it wouldn't and every and black widow is a i think a i think it's a little more well-liked because of Uh, star yeah yeah than over captain marvel ryan any thoughts there you have a history. Um, no, I'm a, not surprised that so many people bought it. And good for it. I personally wasn't one because I, I heard that's coming out for free and I can personally wait. <laughs> um, if I didn't have far, to review it, I would have probably waited till December as well. <laughs> and as for Marvel, I hope that I that's probably going to be the one movie that will get me to go to the theater if it does release in theaters. And we've been to theaters um and it wasn't as bad of an experience as we saw tenant we expected so we saw tenant so it wasn't it wasn't too bad 
So next bit of news irked me the wrong way a little bit. This is more I want to get Jen and Meg's perspective on this. So we're all aware of Roman Polanski. We're all aware of Woody Allen and what, you know, their past and what they've done. Uh-huh. Uh, no need to- so Kate Winslet this week pretty yeah. much said that she regrets working with Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Commend her for saying that. I just think the timing is very mm, convenient mm-hmm. because she has a movie that's about to be a big Oscar player and, and could have her in line to win her second Oscar. Yeah. And I think she's playing the PC card now and she could have done this before. Yeah, but why not play the game? Oh, I agree. I agree. Play the game, but it just feels it feels it comes off fake to me. Also, it's I think it's also you have to look at the the journalist or the reporter that asked her because I'm pretty sure that someone in this is all the Me Too movement. It has mm-hmm. been for how many years now, and we're still going forward in this. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure a reporter posed the question and was like, "Hey, you know, why did you work with both of them and and all this?" And then I'm also sure that. Not her full quote may have also been published because that happens a lot. You can't publish something that they didn't say, but you can mm-hmm. cut some of what they said because you want to put it in the context that you want for your story. So I think you also have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Like, Do you agree, though? You know, the timing seems... With her Oscar, I mean, her, her Oscars all these push st- starting. All these to- movie stars do publicity right before their movies are coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not asking Kate Winslet like when she's got no movie coming out. What does she feel like about Woody Allen? Unless it was going to be like a profile piece about her for like a Vanity Fair or you know l- things like that. So like I just feel like it's I don't know. I think I'm I do love Kate Winslet. I think oh, so she's I. not she's she is not the first actress nor the last and I'll give you a perfect example of an actress that some of her career was built working with Harvey Weinstein which was Meryl Streep who we consider one of the best actresses probably what probably the best female actress of all time I don't time. know that I would say the best but well, top 5 yeah but but yeah, a top I, I get your actress, point I get your at least point. for me but, but a top actress you know I love Meryl I'd love to see her in things um she has great range you know she's built this career um but she did have some interactions with Harvey Weinstein. And, Lots of them. And, you know, like, I just think it's, um, you know. She played maybe, the game. She played the game. You know, you when you're an actress, especially, it's hard to get roles, right? No matter how far along you are, if you don't keep it up, you're going to lose out on a lot of parts and a lot of things. And Woody Allen may be who he is, but he is a good writer. And a great director. So yeah. I, you know, not a great person, but I think it's sometimes it's very hard to differentiate both. And, you know, I'm not a Woody Allen fan personally. I really don't. Anyhow. Yeah, I'm not. Mm, I'm not really into his movies like that. But I think as a storyteller, he's a good storyteller. So I, the, um, the reason the reason I guess it rubbed me the wrong way before I, I give the mic to Meg here, I think because what happened last year with ScarJo, ScarJo. She knew she had marriage stories. She knew she had Jojo Rabbit. And she didn't really go out there and say, you know, because she was asked. Right. And she's like, no, I like what I love working with Woody. Like, I don't take into, you know, what he's done in his personal life as a director. I like working with him. That's why it feels like she's saying this now to push her campaign more than it just that's just the way it came off to me. But I mean, it could just be difference of it's just a difference could of be opinion. Simply a difference of opinion. Scarjo just like liked Woody. She didn't care about having that controversy by saying it. Um, you know, and Kate Winslet maybe 
everybody feels right. Like maybe at one point you do certain things and you don't realize. And I don't think there was ever a bad intention for Kate working with Woody. And obviously at the time, I mean, Woody Allen, when she worked with him, all of the shit that went down with his daughter and Mia Farrow, like all of that was public nature. None of that, that had been going on for decades. I mean, even Roman Polanski is the same thing. All like, it's not like that just came out now in me too. Like Polanski, Polanski won an Oscar. Yeah. Like 25 years after that was already known. Yeah, like yeah. It, all of that has been happening. So, you know, it's been out there, but I don't know. All right. I don't know. Uh, Meg, thoughts? Okay, so now that I got to work on my voice again now. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, um, okay, so go before I say my piece about Kate, let's go back to last year with ScarJo. I feel like regardless if she said she regretted working with him or the fact that she did say, you know, she loved working. I don't feel like that hurt her chances at all. Um, because the movies were such a huge success and okay, yeah, she did say it, but the movies stand on their own. We're judging the movies, not her personally, like her her performance, you know what I mean? Um, but as far as Kate, I don't feel like um I don't feel like it was a publicity stunt. Um, kind of going like what you guys were saying, like, you know, it's before a movie. So of course she's going to get interviewed a lot. Um, cause if it wasn't, unless it was for like what Jen said, uh, like a vanity fair piece, there's no reason to be interviewed. So I just feel like it was just one of those things where she just said it because it was, it was the right moment for her. I don't feel like she was doing it to up her chances. Awesome. All right. Uh, and Ryan, as we want to the next topic, you had some Doom Patrol news, right? Yeah, got a uh, season three announcement just the other day. I am so excited. They left you on a major cliffhanger, so I'm so, so excited. I still haven't seen it. I know I'm a terrible person. Oh, uh, I think you'll dig it. It's, like, fucked up. So if you can describe... <laughs> so, quick description of the show, like, for those that haven't watched it, what would you describe it as? Um, misfits with powers coming together, common goal with fucked up things happening. <laughs> <laughs> so dc's umbrella academy i guess yeah uh, but no yeah it's different no. have I you think. seen you seen doom patrol different. i haven't seen doom patrol but i've seen umbrella academy so that's why i it's can different. say that based off of ryan's description it's different <laughs> Alrighty, yeah. this next bit of news excites me because i um, i i think i may be the only one that loves this movie so borat 2 was actually secretly shot and screened <laughs> <sighs> You uh, like that movie? Oh, <laughs> dude, it got it. You you know me with my Oscar trip. It, it got an Academy Award nomination for original screenplay. He won the Golden Globe for actor. The movie got a Best Picture nomination for at for at the Golden Globe. It's a fun, fun. I really do like the first one. I actually don't mind, and I love Sacha Baron Cohen. Yeah, I don't mind him as an actor. Like I really liked him in Sweeney Todd especially but i couldn't i i hated borat you never finished it yeah exactly like it's just not my kind of comedy like that and david really doesn't like comedies too much so it's really funny that he really liked this all the comedies yeah because it's very like it's very stupid comedy in a way so it's you know like he doesn't like stepbrothers but he likes borat oh i'm calling you out well one's a good movie and one's not no stepbrothers is great no 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 One's good, one's not. No, Step Brothers is good. Well, you don't like Borat don't either, like right? Step Brothers? I don't like Borat. No, I can't give it. Like I saw it once. So I'll try to give it a rewatch, but I think no, for me, it's just I some can't. such dry satirical comedy for me. I 
just fucking love it. Well, that that character came out of his show on HBO, right? Yes, it was so, Borat, Ali G, and I yeah, think one other so person. Yeah, so I'm sure, like, if I had seen the show, it, I would have had a different connection with the movie. But having just seen the movie alone, it just didn't, eh, eh, not oh, excited. Sorry, Dave. I know, I know. You're watching it on your own. I, I, I now want to like text you Step Brothers references just to piss you off. I <laughs> hate Step Brothers so much. And Grease too. While we're at it, I'll take um, I'll take Grease two references now, all day Grease over two. I just want uh, to let it know. I actually posted this on my stories yesterday. It is in popular trending on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. just for all the haters out there. So. It wouldn't be popular and trending if it was really shitty. Okay, so there are people that enjoy it. I'm starting a fan club. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I will be your VP. I should start a. I should start a podcast episode. You should. Or two or three on Greece too. So next, moving okay. on. Uh, this is great news. Nev Campbell is returning for Screen Five. I am. I mean, took took him a while, but I'm glad she's mm. back. I'm excited, but I'm also like, how many screams do we need? I don't know. I'm with you. I I just feel like I just love po- Screen Four so much. I thought it was like a good, nice way to end it. Yeah. I, did you see the whole thing with Matthew Lillard that no, somebody like asked him, and um, I didn't get to read the whole article, but somebody asked him, and he's like, "Oh, well, you know, I think Stu could be alive, and I know he would be open to going back." Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Meg, you're the Scream aficionado here. All right, here we go. <laughs> homie got go a T. It. Homie got a TV smash on his face, didn't you? Yeah, but anything can happen. It's like a soap opera. No, nah, we saw we saw the dead body. He literally the only way he would come back is if it was a flashback or yeah. to have a lot of prosthetics to be a background character. Interesting. So there is no way, and, or unless he has a lot of makeup done to make him like Stu's father or something. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's I lo- no way the real Stu is back. Homie lo- got a TV on him. Yeah. I would love to see him back though. Oh, I love he's Matthew such a great He's guy. such a great guy, yeah. Meeting him at Monster Mania was like the best. Like he is the best. I danced with him at like the VIP party. It was a good time. Good time, guys. Wait, can I can I tell you a story real quick about Matthew? Go yeah. for it. Okay, uh he was at Walker Soccer in Georgia last year. Uh-huh. And that was when I finally got to meet him. And at the VIP party, he it was a very 90s theme. So, you know, we're all he's at he's at the mic, he's like the head of the party. All of a sudden, he starts cursing in Shaggy's voice. Oh, that's funny. And he's like, nobody can record this. Like, we could talk about it, but, like, he can't re- we can't yeah. record it. And I'm not going to repeat what he said because it's very not it's not podcast friendly. But um, that is forever how I will remember Matthew Lillard. <laughs> he was such a nice guy. Like, he he had the longest line at Monster. And, like, he he stayed longer than his time. He's like, no, I'm not moving. Like, I'm. I'm waiting. I'm like, all these people have been waiting for me. This is the only, you guys are the only reason I'm here. Um, and he waited and I think his line like extended like another two hours or whatnot. And every person that met with him, he didn't rush them off. He literally asked them like, how are you? Nice to meet you. Like you had a conversation with him. Um, he didn't, you know, he didn't rush you. So you took like five, 10 minutes with him if you needed to, which is also probably why the line got so long also. But I just think that like, I would say he was one of the best celebrities I've ever met in my life. And I've met really bad celebrities at these things. (laughs) Not that they're bad people, but they just like are very distant. And it's just kind of like, well, then why do you do this? Like, I know you need the money, but whatever. So Matthew Lillard, great me. If anyone that's listening and you ever get a chance to meet him, do it. And he's grown so much as an actor. He's well, he really, does a lot. Really solid. Yeah. Like he when he when I saw a lot of television. when I started Twin Peaks when I started well, yeah, season three in Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks 
I was like, shit, like he is phenomenal. In He's Twin done Peaks. a lot of He's stuff. He's really, really good. All right. So moving on, Meg, I'll let you ch- give your take on this. The Walking Dead is coming to an end after 11 seasons. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's see. Where do I begin? Um, okay, so obviously I was really sad. Like, my entire Twitter and Facebook feed blew up, and I got so many notifications. Um, I, I do like that they're going out with 24 episodes for season 11, so it's almost like a double season, which will extend deep into 2022, so it's still far, far away. Um, plus, we're getting the additional few episodes to tie in between season 10 and season 11, However, I am excited that they are expanding as far as certain characters getting a spinoff, certain characters getting like um, kind of like a prequel story. But uh, I mean, I feel like over the years, their cast has just been getting way too big. And, you know, it's about time that they kind of halt the main story as sad as it is to do that and kind of just take kind of figure out a way to kind of reinvent themselves, even though they're still pretty much AMC's most popular show. So I'm glad they're kind of starting to focus on smaller groups and they can have a better storyline. Because that, that was when the show really peaked, was when they had a smaller cast. And they could really focus on a true storyline versus this episode is about Carol. This episode is about, you know, the king. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised because after the SCCC panel, it looked like they were at least going to keep going with the main show. So I was surprised to hear the news. All right, and then uh, two more little bits of news. Uh, Wonder Woman has been officially moved to Christmas Day, and I fully expect Dune to move out of December 18th, uh, which sucks. But um, yeah, thoughts on Wonder Woman moving to Christmas Day? Merry Christmas to me. (laughs) 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 No, actually, why I kind of like this, and well, I'm bummed because I was actually looking forward to it. Like, this was my only October movie that I was really looking forward to. Um, and so I'm a, a little bummed that I won't get it in October. We didn't get it June 5th, which was Dave's birthday originally because obviously it got extended. I get why they're doing what they're doing. You know, they need to make money. And honestly, I'd rather see it on the big screen. Um, I don't want to stream it at home. I want to see it on that big screen. It looks so good. I'm souped. Um, I really hope they stick with Christmas for sure. Dave and I, every year we have, you know, we always spend Christmas Eve with our families and then Christmas Day is for us. So we actually just go to the movies and we've been doing that for the past six years together. Um, so I'm really excited that I get to cop this year's Christmas Day choice with Wonder Woman. Ryan, thoughts? I mean, as long as I get to see it, that's all I care about. Honestly, just, yeah, stop moving it, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Thoughts? Um, okay, so I, I was obviously sad, um, but I am happy that they do have a release date. Um, I did see some people starting to compare Wonder Woman's constant date change with New Mutant, saying That's that so Wonder ridiculous. Woman is cursed. That's so ridiculous. And I went off. I'm glad you did. I was did. like, look, new, I don't know if you saw my Instagram story when I did that. I was like, New Mutants got changed for over two years for quote unquote various reasons. Three of Wonder Woman's date changes have been due to a global pandemic. I think it's those that are probably going to review bomb this movie. Just trying to find reasons to hate on it. I think I, I'm glad you just went off because it's so true. I actually think this has to do with Tenet not doing as well as many predicted. Um, I think it only made it, it's doing well overseas. I think it's over almost at 200 million, but over here in the States, it only made 20 million 
opening weekend. So I can see that may be a reason that they know how much money Wonder Woman has the potential of making. So I think that's probably why they, that's probably why I think they moved it because I don't. And also, go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, no, go ahead. No, um, cause Patty Jenkins, I don't know if it was on Instagram or Twitter, but she did post, she did apologize for the date change. She's like, you know, we really want you guys to see this. Uh, you know, I'm sorry we had to change it. We just hope that you guys can wait a little longer. So she keeps confirming the fact that it is indeed going to be in theaters. And I believe in the, some of the trailers for Tenant, there was a Wonder Woman trailer that did say only in theaters. Yep. Well, when we see t- when we saw Tenet, uh, the Wonder Woman trailer did say that. So, so I mean, it's just. I mean, I'll wait till next year if I have to. I don't want to, but if it means it's going to get the the big screen streaming that we all deserve, I'll wait. I agree, and I hope that this does mean. I re- I read an article on Friday that Dune Warner's doesn't want to move Dune because they feel like Christmas is a good time for two blockbusters. I I think. D- it would be a very smart move for them to move Dune to like January or February because it will make no money if it competes against itself with Wonder Woman. It just doesn't. It mm-hmm. doesn't make doesn't make any sense. I am super excited for Dune because of I love the director Denis Villeneuve. I love all his films. I love Timothy. I love the entire cast. But Dune is not for everybody, and people are like it's it's going to be a very very difficult movie for people for casuals that may think they're going to get this science fiction blockbuster that's not what dune is dune is a very slow paced movie about spice dealers so it's not what everyone thinks it may be so i'm i hope they move it because wonder woman should shine on its own on uh christmas day and then last bit of news uh i'm just want to brush through it real quick just to get your thoughts with the Academy making requirements for best inclusion requirements for best picture lineup. Uh, so now, in order to be nominated for best picture starting in 2023, you need one of these. It, the, your film must feature actors from underrepresented groups in significant roles or accounting for at least 30% of the cast. Similar criteria in terms of those working on the film behind the scenes. A significant commitment to paid apprenticeships, internships, and career development and a significant representation among the teams devoted to marketing publicity and distribution jen what do you think um so this is interesting um i'm not against it i think it's fine um it's it's a slippery slope yeah it's a very slippery i just feel like this is almost like affirmative action for the oscars Right. Yeah, because I did I did a little research and I may be I may, may may have missed one or two, but it looks like every film since 2000 would have still qualified for best picture even without these mandatory okay. qualifications. So, I mean, I think this is a a nice checklist, I guess, mm-hmm. to like be able to check off and like make sure you got all of these things, especially to encourage filmmakers with working and making their cast diverse and making all of these um, making it more inclusive. So I'm all for that. I think inclusivity isn't very important. Um, I just think sometimes, and I, I just think that like they should all be doing this anyway, but maybe this is the Oscars push to like making it mandatory right now. Right. And then it just sort of becomes the norm. Yeah. Right. I mean, and this is, this is really only for the, if you want to be in contention for a best picture Oscar, then you need to do this. But really, any other filmmaker that ain't looking for like an indie filmmaker or ain't looking for an Oscar can still should still kind of follow this in a way to and I think they just want to lead by example. Right? 
Uh, Meg, um, any thoughts on yeah. that? You know, I don't, I don't know how I feel really. Like I, I do see both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just feel like it's the it's 2020, and we're just now starting to say it should be this. Yeah, like yeah. this is this is sh- something that should have been followed since like the 30s, even though there's no way that obviously could have happened. Oh but, yeah, no. that, but was, just, that wasn't enough. Yeah, it should have in a in a reimagined world. Yeah, in a reimagined world, there there should have been you know you know it kind of makes you think like everything like not I know this is like a movie podcast but like everything else in the world that change is finally starting to happen. Well, change shouldn't have to happen because it should have been done forever ago. Like we should have grown up that way. Yep. Yeah. So that's why like I mean obviously I support it, but I I can't help but be a little aggravated at the same time just because. It's taken net, net till now. Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it. Like, you support it, but you're aggravated. That's kind of how I'm feeling as well. Yeah. Ryan, any thoughts? I don't, like, I get it, and I, it just should already be a thing. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's funny because I, a few weeks ago, and this is just a, something over the last weekend that passed, uh, that came in the news, I had predicted that we were going to get two women in the director lineup this year with mm-hmm. Regina King and Chloe Zhao. And then just this weekend, it was No Man Land, which is Chloe Zhao's film, won the Golden Lion right. at the Venice Film Festival, which pretty much guarantees it's going to be a Best Picture nom because the last four have that have, have won the Golden Lion. Way. So Shape of Water, Roma, Joker, and now No Man Land. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to lead Chloe to a nomination, yeah. which is great because it's It'll be the first Asian-American female director okay. at the Oscars. And then Regina King. I would love to see Regina King. Regina King's One Night in Miami, which I spoke on last week's podcast as one of my best picture uh, in my best picture lineup, has get has been getting, the outside of Nomadland, the best reviews out of Venice. Yeah. So Or TIFF, I'm sorry. So I'm excited to have these two women at the forefront of the season. I'm not sure if they'll win, but... yeah. I would I, love to see Regina. Win. I will say this. I'm glad you mentioned that. I will say this. You know how I, you know, anyone that's listening, you know how I feel about Moonlight beating La La Land. I think it has to do with the election. If God, I hope this doesn't happen, but if Trump wins, I think One Night in Miami wins Best Picture and Regina King wins Best Director. I feel very confident in, in saying that. Right. Cause the Academy is going to make a statement. They're going to make a statement. Not only are we going to give our first black director the Oscar, we're going to give our first. Black, black female. female female director so we'll see what happens but uh and then another movie that you guys should be on the lookout is pieces of a woman it was sold to netflix and shia labeouf and vanessa kirby oh yeah so i saw that that was she won a lot she won best actress vanessa- and I, I love vanessa kirby um the- i loved her in the crown so so yeah so Margaret. be on the lookout for that it's coming to netflix in the next few uh if not weeks months so all right so let's get into the what we watched this week i only i just wanted to you know if you guys don't have anything that's all all good i just wanted to touch on some stuff that i can talk about and stuff that i can't talk about so netflix sent me a screener of enola holmes the new millie bobby brown movie it is fantastic i think you guys will love it when it hits netflix on the 23rd it's pretty much a coming of age story mixed with a mystery uh, mystery story millie bobby brown is incredible her charisma is on point i think this could start a franchise 
if it does well streaming wise. And I think they have the perfect lead to start a franchise because right. all these Stranger Things fans are going to watch the movie because Millie Bobby Brown yeah, is in it. She has a huge following. Yeah. And I actually That's think literally the only reason. It gives me um I want to see it only cuz it gave me that very like Nancy Drew That's a good 18th one. century good. vibe. Um so I'm down for it. Yeah, it's really solid. Uh and then I also saw the movie that has a lot of controversy going on right now it premiered at the sundance film festival cuties i don't know if you guys have heard the controversy about that i have heard about that so so i knew in january when it premiered at sundance that this when it finally releases it may lead to some issues so i saw the movie yesterday there are maybe two or three uncomfortable moments but the movie essentially is about a young girl young muslim girl who has her family with traditional uh, beliefs and then she has her friends in not friends but a dance group in her school that are living off this you know social media gen z gen z vibe and she's trying to decide what works best for her that's what the movie's about yes there are some uncomfortable moments but, I mean, but you were uncomfortable as a male. Yeah. As a male, 34-year-old man yeah. watching mm-hmm. these girls, mm-hmm. like, twerk, right? But that's what these girls are doing because that's what they see on social media. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, full spoiler, I mean, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but the reason they start, you know, learning how to, quote, twerk or do those dances is because of an older group that they saw on YouTube. That they're emulating. That they're emulating, right. exactly. So it it the director... Who was a, a woman, by the way? She she wanted to make this film because she wanted to show how like the dangers of like social media for a young a younger demographic. So I think, at least for me, growing up, I think there were similar dangers to a degree, right? In we came up when the internet was really starting that boom. And then, you know, you had, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I had like, there were AOL chat rooms, like you oh, had yeah. AIM. Um, uh, I think also like the prevalence, not today so much, but the prevalence of magazines, teen girl, like magazines targeting teenage girls, like 17, young and modern, um, teen people. I had a subscription to like all those things. Like we would try to emulate those things, those style tips that they would give you or, or 10 ways to be a better kisser or 10, you know, all of these things. So I feel like it's, it's not. Things haven't changed in a way that teen girls still have all of these images and all these messages that keep getting pushed to them mm-hmm. and all this pressure. The medium has just changed. Yep. And I think my biggest annoyance, and I don't know if you guys would agree, is that everyone that's on social media, and it, and, and I've bit my tongue not to respond because it's not the hill I want to fight on, but all these people that I see on social media, on my Facebook feed, on Twitter, complaining, oh, cancel Netflix, this is like... Pedo- you know they're being pedophile are the same people that are watching these like dance shows with these little girls right like the, dance hypo- the hypocrisy is so well right evident. This all go back to that and i'm probably going to mispronounce it this canaan or quanon however you say it uh conspiracy yeah. and like this pedophile ring and all of this stuff that's being like and how girls are being trafficked and and all i mean it's been going on so it's not new but like all these people just sharing all these videos and these conspiracies of things that aren't the human trafficking is real but like you know these other conspiracies yeah. that aren't real and so i think that a lot of that played into what this movie was that they were saying like this is just sexualizing little girls well 
where are all the other films that have sexualized girls? Yep. And I think... Did you watch 13? Did you watch all these other movies? Blame should be given to Netflix. From The marketing was terrible for this movie. <laughs> like, they, they, they should be, you know, at fault for that. But the movie is not what everyone thinks it is. I, I don't think I'd ever watch it again, but I'm glad I saw it just to be able to speak on it and say it's not what everyone thinks it is. Uh, which I'm glad you mentioned what you mentioned, Jen, because I also saw this great documentary called The Social Dilemma. Yeah. Which pretty much talks about algorithms and how everyone's social media profile is different. And it's pretty much, it tries to. It's manipulating. Manipulate, manipulating everybody. So Meg's Facebook is different from mine and vice versa. And I think it's also. There's a great quote in it that I put in my in my reaction, like, how do how do we get out of the matrix if we don't know we're in the matrix? Right. That's how what that documentary presented. It's really, really solid. Everyone should watch it. I think I think it's important that you it's not a long documentary. Um, I actually caught I David was watching it. So I, I only caught like 30 minutes in and then I watched the rest of it after that. So I missed the first 30 minutes I have to go back to. But um, I think it's just important to see that, like, I think a lot of people don't realize the rabbit hole that you fall into between Facebook, Twitter, like all of these social media platforms that you're going through. And, um, you know, we're adults, we're a little bit older, so maybe we can disconnect a little bit better. But younger kids, Gen Z, they don't know that they don't their brains have been programmed for instant gratification, for likes, for all of these things that they're working towards. You know, I um I don't have siblings, but I have a younger, um, my mom's best friend has a younger daughter who's 18. And we've even talked about it where like she feels less than because sometimes her pictures don't get a certain amount of likes, you know, and I, I hated hearing that. It like breaks my heart because I'm like, that does not validate who you are as a person. And I think for kids that young, they don't realize and younger, they don't realize that yet. Um, and so it just this rabbit hole that you fall under and everybody feels trapped and everyone's on their phones and, you know, and then how this is how all these conspiracies. And I think we've seen a great example of that during this pandemic now where the fact that like everyone is spreading all these. We don't know who to believe anymore. Reading the news, reading online on Facebook, all the political divisiveness. It's just getting to be very um, overwhelming and like disheartening. Watch it. I think the fact that you know, Mulan tried to be different. There was a focus on the Chinese culture. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, people are, it has a lot of controversy. It's probably going to come and go, to be honest with you. And then last, uh, last one, I can't say anything, but uh, Netflix did send me the haunting of Bly Manor and I am currently watching it. And in October, I can speak about it because I can't say anything else but that. So before we move to our taglines, Meg, why don't you tell us about the releases of the last two weeks? I mean, I did watch something this week. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, David yeah, just like, was like, you know I'm Sorry what? about that. All right. Uh, no one else matters Meg, at the what moment. did you watch this week? I mean, Ryan and I, we, we, we watch some things, too. Not as much as you guys. <laughs> um, I watched the uh, Action Park documentary, Class Action Park. Yes. What did you think? Oh, my God. It was so good. <laughs> I'm going to do a proper review for it, which is something I never do. So that kind of just says something right there. But I just, I felt probably every emotion under the sun. Like I, I laughed at certain parts. I, which is horrible because of what the park was, you know, I was angry. I was so sad. Like it was, it hit everything a documentary should hit in only like an hour and 27 minutes. 
Do you think, because uh, I loved it just as so much as you did, do you think that at times they were glorifying the owner a bit too much? Um, I can see why you say that. He was a main factor as to like why what what happened did happen. But I do, I, I, I can see it. I don't know if I agree. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it should also be upper management that was also a lot of like, a large part of the responsibility. Gotcha. Well, that um, makes sense. I gotta ask, did you ever go to Action Park? <laughs> no, I was eight when they actually closed down. Okay. Um, but I have heard so many stories, like from my parents and such. Uh, and even, but my, however, when they did revamp West Mountain Creek, my friend uh, did go, and she was just telling me like it just had this very eerie feeling about it. But now I. I I mean, I don't want to say a spoiler because of something that was shown in the documentary. But Dave, you know who I'm talking. What I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, the new owner of the park. Um, they showed what the park looks like now, and I I will go. Yeah, I would actually go just to. I probably wouldn't write anything, but I would just. <laughs> I just want to go in there. Ryan, what about just you? Say. Have you ever been there? Uh, not that I remember. No. Okay. Uh, and anything else you watch, Meg? Do you want to highlight? Um, I started rewatching season one of Harley Quinn. I'm kind of trying to get the most out of my HBO Max yes. freebie month. And I just, it just made me realize how much I love Kelly Cuoco as Harley. Yes. We're just <laughs> finishing up Big Bang Theory and I, I just love her. Uh, Ryan, <sighs> what about you? I finished Bates Motel. Yes. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm s- and what did you think? I think I heard I Dave like slam down. The- <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, dang. What did you think? <laughs> no, I really enjoyed it. I, I had to say I did not see that ending coming whatsoever. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> um, Meg, have you seen Bates? No. Okay, cool. So I can't. I don't want to get into anything yeah. else then. Yeah. So we'll 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 talk uh, we'll talk later when we get into the Psycho episode about Bates Motel. All right. So. Meg, new releases of the next two weeks. What do you got? Yes. All right. Well, last week, since uh, we didn't get to do it, I'm just going to highlight a couple of the, because there were a couple of big ones that came out last week. Yep. So on the 8th, we had um, the Alfred Hitchcock Classic Collection in 4K, which was a compilation of The Birds, Rear Window, Psycho, and Vertigo. You know I got that. Um, Ghost in the Shell Anniversary 4K Steel Edition. The Psycho 60th Anniversary in both 4K or in 4K steel, 4K and Blu-ray, which came out with the uncut edition, like a version that has not been seen in 60 years. Um, the Incredible Hulk Steelbook finally came out. When was that originally supposed to come out? Like in May, right? Like months ago, wow. yeah. So I've had that pre-ordered probably since like February. Um, so it was a little bit of a surprise release. Um, and then a movie I know nothing about, but apparently a lot of people on my feed were going apeshit over it. Uh, it's an A24 film called first cow oh yeah yeah I, I i saw that i know nothing about it i tried to watch the trailer it wasn't my cup of tea yeah, but that's yeah just me. it's not all right now dipping into this week the 15th we have home alone coming out in 4k both in steelbook and regular hocus pocus 4k and steelbook 21 jump street it's a joint 4k seal with both movies or they both come out regular 4k no steelbook of individual uh individual movies mm-hmm. Goodfellas 4K steel, which I am so amped for because the artwork is stunning. Absolutely. Becky, which seems to be getting a lot of traction. I don't know if that's in a good way or bad way lately. Blu-ray. Nightmare on Elm Street, the original Blu-ray steel from 84. And 
Rocky Horror Picture Show Blu-ray steal for the 45th anniversary, yes. even though the regular edition has been out for quite some time. I already. will say it like the Goodfellas art is beautiful, but I think Rocky tops the week out of the steel books. That art is gorgeous. I agree with the sparkly. I'm so ready to have it in my hands. Same here. All right. So we before we get into our horror picks here, I have six little uh, taglines for you guys, and they're all horror oh, themed. Just six, and they're all horror themed. So Ryan, I'm going to kick it off with you. You ready? Yep. <clears throat> Get my Don LaFontaine voice going. Evil, oh. evil loves innocence. Evil loves innocence. And all these horror films are after 2000, so that's your hint. My Bloody Valentine. Incorrect. Any other guesses? I have no idea. No. Jen. Um, evil loves innocence. innocence. I feel like it has to do with a child. Um, what about The Omen? Incorrect. What about you, Meg? (laughs) What do you have? Do you have any guesses? See No Evil? Nope. The Conjuring. Ah! Oh. All right, Jen. It's not the house that's haunted. Amityville Horror? No. No. I said it's not the house that's haunted. It's not the house that's haunted. Well, it's the person living in the house. All right, so (laughs) no guesses here. All right, (laughs) Meg, any guesses? Sorry. Not a clue. In Ryan? Last house on the left? Insidious. Oh. Uh, uh, never okay. thought. Uh, oh, I love Insidious. All right. Next up, if it's terror you want, it's terror you'll have. Meg? Pass. Rye? Um, no idea. Jen? If it's terror you want, it's terror you'll have. Yeah. I don't think you'll get this because it's a stupid tagline. <laughs> Fright Night. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh. 2003. Oh. Um, Ryan, in the tradition of giving you easy ones, you'll flow too. Really? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I had to give that one to Ryan. All right, Meg. It doesn't think. It doesn't feel. It doesn't give up. I think this, this is a very indie horror film. I think Je- well, Jen saw it with me, so she may know what it is. It doesn't think. It doesn't feel. It doesn't give up. I can't. I can't think. Jen. It follows. Yes. Very good. <laughs> and, and last one, Ryan. Actually, Jen. Every piece has a puzzle. How much blood would you shed to stay alive? Saw. Very good. <laughs> Too easy for you, right? Jigsaw. He was also a very nice, very nice to man. Tobin very, Bell, yeah. actually. Fun I was fact. Suppo- I was not suppo- as scary. A lot of these horror people that you meet are not their characters, as we're well aware, mm. but they're really nice. So, Like Robert Englund? <laughs> yeah, Robert. Oh, my God. Robert Englund is the my favorite person. Ever. He's the yeah. best. And he has such great stories of, yep. like, Hollywood, and, oh, he's so good. All righty. So let's get into this. We are going to break down our top five worst horror films since 2000 and our top 15 best horror films since 2000. So let's kick it off with our worst. We'll save the best for last. I'm going to run through my five. And then I'll pass it on to each one of you. So my number five, I have Texas Chainsaw 3D. And why do I have that as one of my worst from the last 20 years is because of one line. There is a line in the movie where uh, Leatherface's cousin, he's trying to kill her. And she's and no, he's teaming up with his cousin and she goes off and says, go get him, cuz. That just always aggravated me. Number four, Black Christmas 2019. Yeah, you hated it. Oh, that movie's fucking garbage. Absolute garbage. 
after watching Black Christmas this past week, I wasn't sure if I was going to put it in, but after rewatching Black Christmas, uh, the original, the original this week, I was like, oh yeah, they don't, this, this cast and crew and director didn't, doesn't know what Black Christmas is at all. It's, it's, it's one of my worst of the decade. It was one of my worst of the year. And it's one of the worst horror movies since 2000 for me. Number three, Nightmare on Elm Street 2010, the remake. Um, s- similar to how they don't know Freddy at all. I think they, like, we understood that he's a child killer, but he never was, they never even gave us hints that he was molesting these children. He was just killing the children. Both awful things, obviously. But with this one, they had this underlying thing of him molesting these, these kids, and it just really rubbed me the wrong way. That and the CGI, it just shows how well practical effects works because the scene that I, I want to use as an example is the one where Freddy is hovering over Nancy's bed. In the original, it's just the West Craven had this like like this mat that Robert went through. Mm-hmm. And in the remake is just CGI and it looks extremely corny. It looks like Ugh. it's terrible. Bad CGI. My number two, I'm not sure if you guys have seen this, it's called The Devil Inside. I've Mm-mm. heard of it. I haven't. Um, so it's a Rob Zombie movie. No, it's not a Rob Zombie movie. I was gonna throw some Rob Zombie love into these worst lists, but no, no, he's Mm -hmm. it's always too easy with him. Um, so my number two is The Devil Inside. Essentially, the movie isn't. It's just bad from start to finish. But what really aggravates me is at the end of the movie, um, the girl is the main girl is possessed in a car. Sorry to spoil it. You trust me. You guys aren't missing anything. Don't worry. She gets spoiled. She turns. She gets possessed in the car. The car crashes, and then you're taken. A title card is shown informing that the case is still unresolved. And for more information, it tells you to go visit a website. That's how the movie <laughs> ends. Oh wow! Is that website still active? Um, I don't know. Out of curiosity, I don't I'm know. I'm gonna Google that later. Guys. Yeah, uh, I don't have the website name here, but you can. I'll have a report next week. And number one, it's my worst horror film, my least favorite horror film of all time. It's uh, my least favorite horror sequel of all time. And, of course, it's my least favorite horror film since 2000. That's Halloween Resurrection. Halloween Resur- Halloween H2 ended perfectly. She chops his head off. We're good to go. There was so much shadiness regarding Halloween Resurrection. The fact that they put in the cl- a small clause in the contract. Jamie signed on for H2O as the last straw. Like, this is it. This is her last Halloween. And, obviously, we find out that turns out to be incorrect mm-hmm. but she didn't want to make resurrection the studio mustafa akkad and the Weinstein's actually made a clause in the contract that said that no matter what they have to bring michael back so jamie said i'm only going to be in this and you're just going to get rid of me like so she was in for the first 15 minutes they kill her off in a very non-laurie Strode traditional way yeah it's like she's the scream queen she's Number one screen queen for many people. Our final girl. And they just kill her off in 15 minutes. She has no fight left. She pretty much gets suckered by the same tactic that she knocked his head off in the, in the H2O. It's ridiculous. And then we get to these new characters who are very, so unlikable. It's awfully performed. And most importantly, it's fucking Buster Rhymes. No, no, no. The trick or treat motherfucker is like, as a 13-year-old in that theater, I was like, nah, man. Nah, dog. This ain't for me. This is not for me. As great as LL... Like yeah, exactly like that. As to great as TV. LL was in H2O, Busta Rhyme was that bad. 
Yeah, in I love Resurrection. It Tyra Banks is terrible in it. It's just yeah. a complete clusterfuck. It pretty much destroyed the franchise. And it's, well, it didn't destroy it because it's back. Well, but, it did for like almost six years. But for, yeah. yeah, for a while. But yeah, that's my five. Jen? Um, okay, so my number five is House of Wax. Uh, what? While it has a good cast, it wasn't my favorite movie, and I kind of docked it from Paris Hilton. <laughs> also. Oh, that was the best kill. <laughs> well, no, her kill was good, but um, her acting was not uh, my number four is The Gallows. This was in 2015. Good choice. We Such saw this and it it like had, a, I feel like it had all this hype. It did. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think the marketing was pretty decent. Um, so we went into it thinking, not thinking that it wasn't um, what it was going to be, I guess. But I don't know. It just, it kind of failed. We watched it. Didn't leave anything. It left nothing to be desired. Um, my number three is When a Stranger Calls, the remake. Um I love the original, um, which I think was in the 80s. I just thought that was such a, like, interesting. I mean, I don't know if you've all seen it, but I just thought it was an interesting plot point. And I feel like this remake was sort of almost the same, but worse. It just was not good. Um, even though I like the the main actress, Camilla Bell, in it. Um, just not my fave. My number two is Jason X. Oh, man. Aww. That's bad. That's I bad love movie. Jason X. It's, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Okay, so this is so a, a little hard to to put anything that's been like one of our like top like our key franchises like yeah. Jason, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street because there's just an under like I love the Friday the 13th series of movies and they're not all great. No. Right? No. But I really I love them. Like I really enjoy them. I can watch them. The same thing with like all the Halloweens. Like I know he hates Halloween Resurrection, but like I can still watch it. Like, I'm not going to not watch it because I still feel like it's part of just this series anyway. Can I ask you a question? What? What about the Rob Zombie ones? Oh, so. It's part of a franchise. I'm glad that you just said that because that's actually my number one. Which one? Halloween 2 or Halloween 1? No. Well, can I pair them together? But then I'd have six. I'm going to go with the first Halloween right now. bad. Number two is so bad. Yeah, number two is bad, but I really, really don't like Rob Zombie movies, and I really, really hated with a passion. Like, I really, I understand, like, when I watch a horror movie, I have a certain expectation anyway for all of them. So, like, if they're not that great, like The Gallows or they, like, whatever, I don't, I'm not, like, phased by it. But the only one that really burns my bridges or whatever it is, <laughs> like an old woman, <laughs> um, really gets my gall is any Rob Zombie movie. I don't like it. I understand he has his vision. I don't think he, he he should stick with all his devil rejects and corpses and whatever the fuck he wants to do, but don't touch Halloween. The cl- the, the original, the John Carpenter, that is Halloween. What you did was disgusting and horrible movie. It just wasn't good. And then you cast your wife, you cast this, like we don't give a fuck. I it just it, I didn't I didn't like it. We don't need it. Never watch it. Burn the shit out of it. Tell That's us, it. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> All right, May, go ahead. One quick comment kind of piggybacking on Jenny's comment. Rob Zombie putting his wife in is like Tim Burton putting Hillary Bonham Carter in it. Oh, Helen. Although, but I love Hel- at least Helena Bonham Carter is a good actress. Yeah, you are right there. Okay, I agree with that, but I'm just saying like the comparison <laughs> yeah. like 
oh oh he's got a new movie coming out you know who's gonna star in it yeah i don't mind like i don't mind like when you cast your like spouse or anything like that like that's not really so much my issue here it's just like she's just not good it just isn't it's just uh, he's not good see i do have an issue with that because i feel like what if the spouse isn't the best part for the, like best person for the role oh well well right like they could still right like she sucks so like it's not right, good exactly. here. but right like if you have someone else like i'm not anti like putting your spouse in general no, but no, if, no, no. if they suck they suck but i mean right how many directors still work with some people you that re- may not be great you must really hate the coppolas and i'm just thinking kevin uh, smith and jen swalbach That's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> no but but jen plays always like a very similar but but Kevin Smith cast all his friends and all his family in it anyway. Adam Sandler does that. Adam Sandler yeah. does that. And I don't mind them because I like their stuff. Okay. It's just very, it's just different for me. Like, I love Kevin Smith when he's doing all this stuff with Harley. Because I think, I, first of all, just from the dad-daughter perspective. And he's and I really enjoyed Yoga Hosers, which was like her main star. What about Tusk? No, I fucking hate Tusk. <laughs> but I guess Tusk, I guess Tusk is in a horror movie or can It is we, a horror movie. Can we consider yeah, Tusk, Tusk okay, is a horror movie. So then I'm going to go with Tusk and then Halloween at the same time. They fucking suck. Okay. Poor Kevin Smith. Uh, so yeah, go ahead, Meg. What do you got? Okay, so this is probably both the likes and dislikes. It's probably the hardest list I ever had to make in my life. <laughs> okay, so number five. I don't, oh God, this is so hard. I'm going to go with Shudder with Joshua Jackson. What's that? Okay, so basically him, uh, it's him and Rachel Taylor. They moved, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was a remake of a Japanese movie. They moved to Japan for work. He's a photographer. And they're driving late one night. All of a sudden, they think they hit, they hit somebody. And, they, and when he's taking pictures, but they couldn't find a body. So as he's taking pictures, as life goes on, he's th- he keeps thinking he's seeing um, the, the image of the person that he supposedly hit. And it basically like mind fucks him, and it's the ending is horrible. Oh, that sounds awful! But it's a guilty pleasure. It's such a guilty pleasure. Um, number four, Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake. Yes. I mean, do I have to say anything? It's already been said. Um, number three is also a guilty pleasure, The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Oh, I hated that movie so with Hillary Duff. Yes. Like I love Hillary with a passion. And so that's the only reason I can sit through it is because I love, like, I just love anything she does. But the movie itself is so oh bad. God, that's such a, I, I'm mad at myself for not including it. It's such a good one. I love including stuff that you get mad at yourself at. Like, I feel yeah. like, <laughs> I feel like I did a service here. By, by upsetting me? <laughs> not by upsetting you, but just like having such a different opinion. Yeah, no, it's great. And like it's how great. we're not like, oh, it's all the same five movies, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, number two, I'm going to go with the remake of Cabin Fever. Oh yeah, that's terrible. That was so bad. Um, and number one, Black Christmas, the re- uh, the twenty nineteen one. Oh good, I'm glad we're on one. the same. I'm glad we're on the same boat with that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what do you got? I got uh, honorable mention. I have Tusk Five, Leprechaun in the Hood. Aw. The fuck? Oh, you never wait, Meg. You never heard of that? No. Oh, it, you, it, <laughs> you don't know the Leprechaun series. It's on Shutter. I mean, I know the Leprechaun series, but in the hood. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. on Shutter. Watch what? that like immediately. Oh my god, it's a guilty pleasure, but it's bad. I'm going to get a lot of heat for my number four, but I do not like this this franchise or this film, Paranormal Activity. Um, I agree I, with you. I agree with you. I'm not a fan of it either. Oh, okay, cool. I yeah. thought I was going to get heat for that. Like it's I, it's <laughs> an okay movie. I wouldn't put it in a worse, but like I totally don't like the franchise. See, 
here's my thing. I fell for the hype for the first one. Gotcha. But ever since then, it put bad taste in my mouth. Yep. Number three, Piranha 3D. <laughs> oh, wait, the sequel or the original? Uh, just the th- uh, the sequel. I think you're talking about the sequel. The yeah. one, because the original was a lot earlier. It was before 2000, right, Meg? No, because well, there was Piranha 3D, and then there was Piranha 3DD. Oh, the 3D was the sequel. I think DD is the one I saw. I don't, I forget which one I saw, honestly. Yes, yeah, 3DD is the one with uh, Hasselhoff. Then I think it was just D. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, that um, was original. That did come out after. And what's number your... two? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which one? The remake. Oh, you uh, three? The O three. The one with yeah. Jessica Biel. Yes. You don't like that? Oh. Oof. Uh, I did not like that at all. I could not wait for that movie to be over. <laughs> and what's um, your number one? And my number one is The Human Centipede. Dude, no, I forgot about Human Centipede. <laughs> oh, that movie's disgusting. Yeah, it just doesn't need to be made. Have yeah. you, Meg oh. and Jen, have you seen the Human Centipede? I know its context, and I will not watch it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I've heard, I actually didn't hear about the movie until Monster. And I saw that there was like this, you know, everybody always talks about it. And then like you told me about it. And I was like, oh, that's disgusting. I'm not watching that. So before, before we move on to our best, I actually saw the last one. And it's um, so the centipede in the first one, right, is like three people, right? Mm-hmm. The centipede in the last one, it's like 50, 60 people. Holy shit. Yeah. You're going to make me lose my appetite. Stop. It's ridiculous. Oh it is so ridiculous. I can't believe people allowed this, these movies to be made. But yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. So let's get to the best of the best now. Uh, I will kick it off with my honorable mentions and then we'll, I will do my 10 through 6. I mean my 15 through 6. So I want to give some love to some of these. Behind the Mask, The I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. Behind the Mask is about, it's a mockumentary about a, about a news crew following a serial killer. Hmm. It's pretty cool. And like he and in this world, Jason, Michael, and Freddie actually exist. And this person live uh wants to be them. And his family, he like has dinner with his family, and his family's supportive of him being like this new killer. Like he he his goal is to be the new Myers, Kruger, and Voorhees, which is pretty it's a pretty interesting look. Uh my number my next honorable mention is Terrifier, just because it's such a fun slasher film. I had to throw some love to Terrifier. Uh, number next up here with honorable mentions, I have The Babadook. I recently watched it, and it just doesn't. It, it's still a really solid film, but it just didn't hold up for me the way it did back in 2014. Uh, I have Scream Four as an honorable mention, and then I have Cabin in the Woods as an honorable mention. So going with my 15 through six, I have Insidious. And number 15, number 14 follows the St. James Wan train. I have Saw as still oh, one of the best horror endings of all time. Number 13, uh, this movie doesn't get as much love as it should. Trick or Treat. It's one of my favorite horror anthology films. Number 12, I'm, Jenny and I are the only ones that have seen this, but I'm going to include it anyway because... You know, eventually it may be a most list. A Quiet Place Part Two. <laughs> uh, it's incredible. It's not as good as the first one, but it's it has such such great tense filled moments. And oh yeah, the ten- the tension was like there's. Let's just put it this way: there's intense. a scene with there's a scene with a bear trap, and that's all I'm gonna say. 
No, no, no. I don't think it could be included because it's not a technically out, even though you got to see it. We did see it, so it would. Yeah, it, but the general public hasn't. But if yeah, I, no one else has seen it. Until, but if I would have made this April list next year, year it would have still been on the list. Well, yeah, if you yeah. made it next year. Next year, yeah, that's different. Then I guess Cabin in the Woods would move up a spot then. But uh, <laughs> next up, an honorable mention. I ne- guess. Next up, The Conjuring. Yeah. So that's my number 11. My number 10 is Let Me In. I, I'll i say this with Let Me In. I think people need to see the original. Uh, I think it's a, a Swedish film. Let the right one in. But this movie is around the same time that Chloe did Kick-Ass. I think it's 2010. It's a great vampire film. And it's directed by Matt Reeves. Oh. So it's one of his first films that he's directed. It's really, really solid, really great horror film. And a lot of heart into it in it. My number nine is It Follows. Um, I loved it. I recently watched it this week. And it gives me a lot of Halloween vibes. Because for anyone that hasn't seen it, it's pretty much evil is following you. And you don't know what it is. You don't know what it's coming. It's basically a personification of evil following you. I'm not going to say, I don't want to spoil why it's following these people. But it's really, really great. One of the best horror scores of the decade. It's highly recommend you guys check it out. Uh, my number eight is Hereditary. Uh, the best performance in a horror film. That's low for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but the best performance of any horror film in the last 20 years. It's mm-hmm. Tony Collette. Like, she is incredible in Hereditary. I think uh, they're all great. Yeah, everything. And there's so many twists and turns. And it's a very slow paced movie. It but trust slow. me, you don't, you don't feel like it's worth it. It's worth it with how it ends. Uh, number seven for me is A Quiet Place. Uh, absolutely breathtaking. Uh, Jim, John Krasinski, his direction is phenomenal. It's basically a silent film. And yeah. the tension is very, very much there. And you think like the scene, and if you guys haven't seen A Quiet Place, it's in the trailer as well. The scene where the little toy goes off. If you think that's tension, well, wait till you watch A Quiet Place Part 2. And that's pretty much it. Uh, Jen, take it off. Take it away. Okay, so my 15 through 5? Yes. Right? Okay, my number 15 is The Ring. Um, Yeah, kind of scary. I mean... Yeah, it is. At least... I mean, now that I know what The Ring is, it's less scary. But when I, I remember first watching, I'm pretty sure I saw this in theaters. And I just remember being like really freaked out. The whole concept was very new at the time. Um, I just thought it was really creative. Um, my number 14 is Final Destination. So, sorry. It's a guilty pleasure movie. I love the original. The ones after it get a little off track. Um, especially I think the last one was what the final destination like oh, so we're gonna have some fighting words here <laughs> uh, uh, so but I love the first one I thought the cast was stacked I love the story I thought it was just an interesting concept um, my number 13 is the strangers um, yeah. what I, I, I when I no? recently watched it this week I was like oh maybe I need to rewatch it but I remember watching good. it and being like oh shit and I feel like it's it can be more I I just feel like it was somewhat more realistic in a way right like Halloween you're not gonna have well you may have a serial killer after you I don't know but like 
the fact is you you you're in this house you're with your husband like you're on vacation and like these people come in they kidnap you etc and it's just it's scary like i feel like it's just more realistic terror to me so i saw a movie and i think that's why it didn't hit me as much as i did back in 08 uh called straw dogs with dustin hoffman okay similar premise where his house is getting invaded and he has to but the difference is he has to actually protect the uh-huh. house while he's being terrorized it's uh so i saw that and i'm like and i watched the strangers and i originally thought it was based on a true story and it isn't even though it says it is yeah it's uh ba- it's mostly based on like the tape murders uh-huh so but go ahead uh my number 12 is black swan you think it's a horror movie it's a psychological horror movie according to wikipedia so definitely a horror movie i uh i, I went in with horror. it that's a thriller I- I don't think it's traditional. It's a, a traditional horror movie in that sense, but mm-hmm. psychological horror is still horror. Um, Natalie Portman, Mila Kunis. Mm. I think the direction by Darren Aronofsky is great. So it's like um, a mother. I think feeling her turmoil, turmoil, and just everything she had to do. I mean, I wasn't a prima ballerina, but I did dance for many years. Um, so I understand a lot of that. I love seeing the ballet um, and just using the use of the music and the colors and the cinematography. So uh, my number 11 is Saw. Just a smart movie. I think it was just it was I love almost all. I don't really have a Saw movie I don't like. I'm actually looking forward to the one that's coming out. Did it come out? No, uh, it got push pushed, right? Year, yeah. The one with Chris Rock. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I just think it was so unique to have this serial color killer and like all these puzzles and they have to all the things you have to do um my number 10 is trick or treat which i hadn't seen until david showed it to me and i really love it um i thought it was a really interesting story with all these like fairy tales intertwined and sam uh, my number nine is the purge because like what the fuck like i just feel <laughs> like the purge could happen again another sort of realistic terror in the sense of you know, maybe we won't be alive to see it, but this like sort of. Dy- Are you sure about that? Well, this, yeah, I know, right? Like, but this dystopian society that creates, and you have to go out and kill, and you get it all out of your system one night a year for a certain amount of hours. Like, I just feel like if I just feel like Donald Trump would enact something Absolutely like that right now. Will. And, like, all these Republicans and Democrats, maybe, or the Republicans, really, would be the ones out there. And I just feel like there's, there's, we sort of see a purge, like, instant, like, we've, we're seeing those things kind of happen anyway, with or without a designated day, right? Like, people going in to take matters into their own hands and just this political climate, the racial climate right now, like, it's really sad and just like, ugh. Um, so the purge, another unique, good story. On uh, my number eight is A Quiet Place. Really, really good movie. Great directing. Love um, how much they're able, like, just the acting and there's no words. Um, I never found it slow paced. Just thought it was good. You're going to love A Quiet Place too when it comes out. There's even more tension. Um, my number seven is Insidious. Um, love the story. Love the subsequent movies. My number six is Don't Breathe. And Don't Breathe was so good. It was such a good story. I went into this movie not thinking like too much about it, like and not really knowing so much. And it was just it was tension. Talk about tension. This movie had it. Yeah, and we saw this in theaters and it was just like, holy shit, like get out. Like, where are you going? Like, why'd you go back in? And like all that all just crazy. Awesome. Meg. All right. I got some honorable mentions. I literally threw them in last second. 
Um, I did Saw 2. My first one. So, my favorite. Uh, P2, which I don't know if a lot of people saw that. I have not. Okay, so very, very long story short. Um, it follows a, a girl on Christmas Eve who becomes trapped in an underground parking garage. And she's okay. like, she's like stalked by a security guard who's like obsessed with her. I just, it's a guilty pleasure. Cabin in the Woods, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 03 version. Thank and you. The original Final Destination. Awesome. On to the actual numbers now. Number 15, I really hope this is on somebody's top five list, even though I didn't make a high on mine. Orphan? It's not on mine. Yeah, it's that not on mine. scared the shit out of me. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't look at hammers the same way anymore. Let's just put it that way. Um, number 14, Would You Rather with Brittany Snow. 13, I did Urban Legend, the original. Okay. Uh, number 12, Urban I Legend was after 2000? I think it was 2000. Oh my god, all these years I thought it was like 1998. <laughs> me... Oh my god, if it, if, oh, I'm gonna be so mad. I, I, this whole time I thought it was 2000. Okay, well then if that's the case, one of my movies is gonna get bumped up. Yep, spot. Urban Legend was 1998. <laughs> oh, son of a nutcracker. <laughs> okay, then you know what, let's put Urban Legend, the sequel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because I know for a fact that came out after 2000. Um, okay, I did the Purge Anarchy instead of the original Purge, because yep. even though I agree with everything you guys said about the first Purge, I feel like they took everything that was great about the first one and everything that was bad about the first one and switched it all up. Like, they just built they built upon the success, and they made the wrongs right in the sequel. Yeah, I think the fir- the second one did a lot of showing they the really actual killing, like the purging. yeah. yeah. The first one kind of left it a lot up to like, well, did they or did they not like let like let the viewer think of it? But this one, they were like, yeah, no, 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 it happened. Yep. Um, number eleven, I did the Friday the Thirteenth reboot, so the 09 version. Okay. And still to this day, I hope we will somehow get a sequel, but I know that will <sighs> happen one day. Uh, I actually read a story about how the first twenty minutes were supposed to be. Which I will talk to you about that another day. All right. Uh, number 10, I did Prom Night, the remake. It's just a guilty pleasure. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of remakes on my list. Number 9, The Hitcher. Is that the one with... Uh, oh Sophia my... Bush. Yes. my One of my yeah. buddies uh, is really into that movie as well. The, I actually saw... I When I first saw that, I didn't know it was a remake. And then I went back and watched the original. But like, I feel like the remake is actually really good. Mm-hmm. Despite it being a remake. That's just my personal. Opinion. I think with horror, I think with horror is one of that genre that you get remakes that are better than the originals more often than not. Yeah, I agree. Any other genre, it doesn't work. That's why everybody's groaning at some of these newer remake yep. ideas. Um, uh, the Hitcher. Okay, number eight. I did Halloween H two O. Okay, so that's nineteen. That's, that's nineteen ninety eight as well. Oh, son of a nutcracker! <laughs> you know, you know why I'm messing up because I twenty. So I know why you messed up because you you reneged on my Quiet Place Part Two. Now you're getting now it's coming back. Karma's a <laughs> karma. Karma's yeah. a bitch. Okay. Uh. So then another one just got bumped up. I am feeling so bad. See, I did say this list was really hard to make, and I no, it was why. Hard. Number seven, I did the Shallows. Uh, the Blake Lively one, right? Yes. So yes. It's that's... not a traditional horror movie, but it's more of a horror survival. Yep, it's really really great. It just proves that she has the capability to hold a movie on her own, just like Tom Hanks and Castaway. Awesome. All right. Um, number six, I did Sorority Row, the remake. 
I've never seen that. I've heard of it. I've just never so seen it. So good. I'm it's, surprised. I highly didn't. recommend it. I will say, uh, before we move on to Ryan, I thanks to you, Meg, I actually saw The Babysitter. So oh, speaking really? of horror, I loved it. I loved it. I didn't like the second one as much. I love the first one. I haven't really had a chance to watch the second one yet, but I do plan on it. Awesome. Rye, take it away. I'm, I'm going to start off with Guilty Horror Pleasure, Jennifer's Body. Yes! Oh God, Ryan. <laughs> It's a guilty pleasure. I, I, I have. You might think it is. It was where I was when I first saw it, and that's why I liked it. Okay. I was hanging out with some friends and shit. Anyway, um, number fifteen, Drag Me to Hell. Good choice. N- okay. Number fourteen, Cabin in the Woods. Nice. Num- number thirteen, uh, Pet Cemetery remake. Oh, Jenny's gonna be so happy. She loves the Pet Cemetery remake. I, yeah, I really it. didn't go. It's so good. I saw oh, it for the damn. first time. I should have put that on my list. Oh, well. <laughs> I guess she didn't love it as much as you, Ryan. No, I did, but I didn't have Apparently. it on my list. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Ryan. Number 12, The Ring. Awesome. Number 11, uh, I'm not sure if many people have heard of this, 1BR. It's a Netflix horror. I just found out about it this week. It's uh, about a woman. She rents an apartment built in the complex pretty much is like cultish mm-hmm. it's really messed up it's psychological i would definitely recommend it awesome uh number 10 insidious yes number nine last house on the left the remake obviously the remake because the originals in the 70s yeah. have you ever seen the original <laughs> um i think i have like years ago oh uh, it's yeah it's 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 a it's not it's a good movie it's just a very very difficult watch <laughs> Number eight, My Bloody Valentine. Uh, as I said, the remake? Ash Wilson, Ash Wilson, Justin Nichols. Ash Wilson, Dean Love. <laughs> <sighs> it's not Supernatural, the movie, Ryan. <laughs> it's it's awesome. so bad. It's, yeah, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> All right, what, what else you got? Number seven, It Chapter Two. Nice. And number six, It Chapter One. Nice. Alrighty, so I in in going through my list, as I had so many honorable mentions, I forgot to mention my number six, and that's Halloween twenty eighteen. Uh, my number five is Get Out. My number four is Us, which is you know it's usually the other way around. Get Out usually comes before Us, but I think Jordan Peele is in, an incredible director, incredible writer, and Us is I feel it makes you think a lot more than Get Out does in terms of the film's meaning. Uh, my number three is the most recent one, The Invisible Man. Why are you? What's up, Jen? Damn, I missed another one. Oh God! <laughs> I'm surprised. You I know, it. I did really like it. I just love that this movie was able to take a different approach. That a story that's a 70, oh, yeah. 70, 80 years old with the Invisible Man uh, story. And hello, Elizabeth Moss. And Elizabeth Moss, one of the best performances of the year. Super female incredible here. stuff. My number two is It, 2017. Uh, this was number two and one. It was very, very difficult for me. But yeah, It is my number two. And then I'll hold my number one. Jen? Um. Okay, well, maybe I have 17 best horror movies. Um, <laughs> okay, so well, my number five is uh, Hereditary. Yeah. Really good. Really freaky. Um, it is slower, but I didn't ever really, I didn't feel the length. Um, but just like the story, just everything. Tony Collette is amazing. So good. The whole film, so just good. the story. The story. I always go back to storytelling, and if it's 
if it's meaningful, if it tells it, if it's unique, like it just it has. And these are horror movies that are very different because their story, their focus with Ari Ari Aster, the director Ari Aster, is that it's more story than horror. Right. That's the way he tells his films. Yeah. It's not let's try to scare people and then worry about the story later. I think that's why his movies work. And Midsommar, I don't love as much as Hereditary. Uh, but watching a director's cut, actually seeing his whole three-hour vision, it's a lot better than the theatrical than cut. what they cut. Mm-hmm. My number four is The Conjuring. Yeah. Good story. James Wan. Love based on it, right? Love based on real people. Um, love the leads. It's just, it's a good story. My number three is Us. It's really good. I actually like... I'm in the camp where I like Us over Get Out. That's what I just said, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I know some people are more Get Out than Us. I mean, I remember that was like a big debate when this movie came out, too. But Us is, again, another great story. Jordan Peele and his vision. I think the twist that you see at the end. No spoilers. Um, No, I'm not saying it, but there's a twist. Yeah. There's always a twist. And then uh, my number two, Halloween 2018. And the funny thing is that you didn't really love it the first time no, you no, saw no. it. It's not that I didn't really love it. It's just I needed a little more time to sit with the ending of it. Um, but I didn't. It, I didn't not like it. I think it's also because like David wants my reactions right after the movie, but yeah. sometimes I need to sit on it a little bit and like really think and just like see like what I'm feeling. And so, so um, how are you feeling now? Well, I really liked it. <laughs> So, and I liked it then. I just was with the ending. If I mean, at this point, I feel like people should have seen it, but maybe there's, I don't want to go spoiler. So, but either way, if you're going to watch the other two that are coming out next year, um, watch this one. But I just thought, like, I thought it was a good story to tell, at least to bring her back. I do kind of hate that they, like, sort of wash out all the other movies except for one, one. and two. No, just one. Well, you're right. You're right. Because two isn't even. And after, yeah. I will say as much. And that's why it's but, a little lower on my list. And I do enjoy it. But I, I think for the movie that we got, there's no reason why Halloween 2 shouldn't exist. The yeah. fact that they are in brother and sister has no affiliation to, this, to that story at all. Yeah. They could have still been brother and sister and you would have still gotten the same movie. So that's kind of a little annoyance that I had with yeah. that one. But it was good. Um, And then I'll wait for my number one. Yeah, I think we have the same one. I actually, I know we don't have the same one. Oh, okay. Never mind. All right. Meg, take it away. All right. Number five, I actually did Final Destination 5. Just because, like, you know, you're watching the movie. Wait, everybody here did see that, right? Uh, No. Oh, God. I don't want to spoil anything. I've only seen one through four. Five is the last one, right? Yeah. Yeah. They are going to make another one, though. Okay. (laughs) Um, I mean, do you care if I say it? No, I don't care. It's been like it's been you know like five years since then. Yeah, yeah, you're um, good. I'm out of that window. Okay, so basically you're watching it, you're seeing it because after the fourth one, which was the final destination, you're like, oh, how can they make another one? Well, it turns out that the fifth one is a prequel to the first one. Interesting. And you don't know that until the last five minutes of the film, where they're boarding the same flight as the first one. That's what Jigsaw. Uh, mm-hmm. The last Saw movie, that's exactly what they did. You didn't I know- never saw that. So oh, yeah. So I'm not spoiling the events of the movie, but Jigsaw in the last, I say, five minutes, you find out that that's a prequel to Saw 1. Like, it fucked me. Like, it gave me, like, a giant mind fuck, and I was just like, oh, my God. So that's why it's so high on my list. Um, Number four, I did Wrong Turn. Okay. 
I mm-hmm. uh, number three, I did House of Wax. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I mean, the fact that I know I know we agreed that Paris Hilton's acting was bad, but the fact that she promoted it with shirts that say "See Paris Die." Like, that was genius because it was the height of her fame. Yeah. And with the whole simple life, every with the whole, you know, mid-2000s club scene with the rich people, it just worked out so perfectly. Um, number two, I did Scream 4. Awesome. Um, and I do have another honorable mention just because I couldn't find a way to fit it in, but I loved it so much that I had to include it higher up in the list, which was Halloween 2018. Awesome. Ryan, take it away. Alright. Number five, get out. Number four, child's play. The re- oh, Mark Hamill yeah, one? That that's was a good. really that's yeah. a good that's a good one. I, I, like I didn't that. even think about that, but yeah. I did really like I it. I loved Mark Hamill. I was I so surprised how good that was. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> um smart camel, I wasn't. <laughs> uh number three, I actually just saw this last night, Doctor Sleep. I loved it. Oh yeah. Duh. Damn, um, I failed. <laughs> Jenna's getting so mad right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and I'm glad number to... two, a nice. What are you gonna say, Jen? No, no, no. Go for it. Go. And number two, a nice little indie one, Terrifier. Yes, I'm glad you have Terrifier on there as well. So oh, yeah, yeah, damn. My number one suck. is Doctor Sleep. Oh yeah. Nice. Uh, so The Shining is my number three favorite horror movie of all time, and I had heard that this book existed. I just didn't know how it would work as a film, and. Mike Flanagan was able to make it a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece and an actual representation of King's work. And I think that's a very difficult thing to do because of the differ the how much the shining movie differs from King's novel. So the fact that he's able to tribute and pay homage to Kubrick's work and a King's vision, not just of Dr. Sleep, but of the original ending to The Shining, which I won't spoil. Um, so The Shining movie differs from King's book. So he pays homage to that in Dr. Sleep. There's a lot of callbacks to the Overlook Hotel, which works so well. And Mike Flanagan, for any fans of of, of House on Haunted Hill, they use, he uses a lot of the cast from the show in this movie as well. It's... Really, really great because it touches on a lot of emotion of what Danny Torrance is feeling after the events of The Shining. I deal him with dealing with alcoholism. It's really a great horror film. It's just a great film as as a whole, and I think it's very underappreciated. Similar to the way The Shining was back in 1980, it didn't make a lot of money. The mo- reviews weren't as great as as expected. Same with The Shining. So I think this movie, as time progresses, people look at it as a very underrated horror classic but yeah dr sleep is my number one jen your list is all fucked up what's your number one (laughs) (laughs) it's not all fucked up it's a great list i just you know probably would have had like 20 at this point is grease 2 your number one horror Um, movie because it's a it feels like a horror movie every time i watch it it's not a horror movie um no so my number one is called the orphanage and it's uh directed by j.a uh bayona and so it's produced by Guillermo del Toro, your boy. Um, I don't know. Have you seen it? It's really good. Um, he wrote it. It's almost like very, it has a lot of elements of like kind of poltergeist, the omen, Rosemary's baby. Um, it's really good. I actually just, I don't know how I, I think I just saw it in theaters one day and it's a Spanish film. 
Um, so it's it's all in Spanish. Um, subtitles are in English, of course. It's really, really strong. The storytelling is great. Um, there's a lot of emotions, all the tension, the, the scary, like, jumps. Um, you also just feel really bad for this woman. Um, and basically, so just to kind of tell you a little bit about it, is um, this woman um, returns to her childhood home. She was an orphan, and so this was an orphanage, and it it since closed down, and she decides that she wants to open it up for her kids again. And when she first moves in, um, she ends up losing her son, like her son goes missing, and he's, not to give anything away, but like she kind of is on this search for her son. It's just really, really good. The atmosphere, it's it's a great movie. You should definitely watch it. It's from 2007. Awesome. So that's my number one. You sure? Yes. You didn't forget And anything. I actually also, the other reason why I really like this movie was because I saw it in theaters and I have a lot of cousins that um, at the time before they really got a chance to learn English, they only knew Spanish. And I love that I was able to also like, I went back to watch this movie a few more times in theaters and I went with them on different occasions. I even took my grandmother, you know, she doesn't really get to watch a lot of Spanish films on the big screen. Um, Usually it's always just on TV or with like the dubbed over dialogue. Um, So I love that this was pure Spanish and like they were able to really enjoy a movie in the theater setting. Awesome. Meg, what's your number one? Cloverfield. Oh, fuck. I forgot <laughs> about Cloverfield. Oh. It has been my number one favorite <sighs> movie for the past 12 years so since it came out. So good. It's so it good. It is. You know, I know they kind of, I know Blair Witch was kind of the first one to really like dip into the whole found footage. Yeah, but this but is a good Cloverfield movie. Cloverfield built every, like took everything with Clover, uh, with Blair Witch and just made it a thousand times better. Oh, you had yeah. some cast that was known, some cast that was unknown. And the fact that we didn't actually see the monster until the very end, even though it was like a, a teased for like two frames in the beginning of the movie, it just, it worked so wonderfully. And like, even though 10 Cloverfield Lane was great, nothing could compare to the su- success that the first movie had. Ah, uh, yeah, I love Cloverfield. And I think, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane was on my original because I started with 25, but I, I feel like that's more of a thriller than a horror film. So I agree. Cloverfield is a, it's a horror film. That's, I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah. Yet. Here's your hot take. I actually really didn't like Cloverfield, Ugh. but I did like Cloverfield Lane. I, it's I respect the, that. It's a POV thing, right? I don't think it was a P. I, no, I didn't really mind the POV thing because I feel like, yeah, no, I don't think it was that. I just think it was too all over the place for mm. me. I don't know. Well, that was kind of the point. Because, you know, they're running around yeah. New York trying to figure out. But I, I just remember, it's the first movie I ever saw in theaters that when I went to go buy my ticket, because back then you actually had to go to the theater and yeah. buy your ticket, um, there was warning signs on the doors, on the windows, oh, everywhere, yeah. warning you about the movie because just of the of the POV. And I remember seeing the trailer. I don't remember what movie I saw the trailer at. Transformers. It was Transformers. It was, yes, okay, that. Transformers. I just, you know, they, they they just teased it with just enough to get your attention, and that's th- that hooked me. I was like, I don't know what this movie is, I don't know what it's about, but I I need to see it. And yeah. that was, I think, the first movie I saw day one. Yeah, I saw that day one too. Jen, do you know who directed Cloverfield? J.J. Abrams. Matt Reeves. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna like the Batman way more. So <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope so. Uh, well, one and- last 
One yes. last thing about Cloverfield. Go for it. Some of the websites, if there's a whole a shit ton of conspiracy theories, some of the websites that are quote unquote active or that or that existed in the movie are still active to this day. That's awesome. Oh, do, they that's still, fun. Do, they, do they still keep it live or is it just like a dead site for the most part? Um, I mean, there's no because con- like basically like so they did so much PR for this movie that like back then MySpace existed. So they had they actually made MySpace pages for the characters. And that their last login was the day that this movie uh, released. That's smart. And they, like, the same with the websites. Like, the websites, I think they stopped being active. Like, they, they're still alive, but there's no new content because they stopped. It was a, couple, a little bit after the movie because they wanted to be, like, missing pages. And, like, some other websites were, like, about, like, a blog about this one couple from the movie. And it stopped the day of the movie because the world basically shut down. Gotcha. Yeah. It makes it's sense. Smart. So smart. Like I'm after the show is over, I will like find links and send it to you. So before before we move on to Ryan, uh, what are your thoughts on the Cloverfield paradox? <laughs> we don't go there. I own it just just to own it. But we don't go there. It's such great marketing though that they pushed that during the Super Bowl because everyone loved like Cloverfield and Cloverfield yep. Lane, and I'm like, oh shit, a new Cloverfield. And then I saw it. And yeah, it sucks and then so they because it was supposed to be theatrical release too at first. Yeah, Netflix probably they probably just sold it to Netflix to make some money back in and called yep. it a day. All yep. right, Ryan, take us home. What do you? What's your number one? My number one is Saw. I absolutely love that flick. Um, I love the traps. I love the endings. One of my favorite twist endings of all time. Um, just yeah, I just love the flick. Um, did you, I, I, I'm going to call your bluff if you say yes to this, but did you see that twist coming? Oh, hell no. Okay, good. <laughs> I, it's one of the best theatrical experiences I've ever had because I was watching that movie and then when he got up, I'm like, oh, oh, oh fuck, this, this, you're the last person I thought would be alive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it just shows James Wan and, and Lee Wanell were like ahead of their, ahead of the, the t- their time with these horror, uh, movie twists. Cause I think now horror movie twists are more, they're a lot more, yeah yeah thanks to like m night Shyamalan ding dong i'm surprised no <laughs> i'm surprised no one no, no one had an m night Shyamalan ding dong movie with uh i think he had the village and signs and i think and a lot of other and, and uh split totally forgot about i was that. shocked nobody had split yeah, I, I I haven't seen Split yet. That's why Split's oh, good. Same. <laughs> oh, Jenny's back. I gotta back. do my list again. I don't know. Co- I think Je- upcoming. I think episode. we need to re-record the show. Yeah, Jenny's um, gonna do a, a solo <laughs> episode where she just does her entire list. A split was really good, but I guess I don't think a split again, like yeah. in a traditional sense. It's a psychological thriller. Yeah, I guess. like yeah. Black Swan. So that makes sense. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised you don't have Split because you think Black you consider Black Swan a horror film. When I think it's more of a thriller, psychological. Well, right, thriller. right, right, and but. But right, like psychological, it's a psychological thriller. What about like Mother? Horror. No, Mother sucks. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't like Mother. It's always great for you every, every time you shit on Mother. But all right, it. so that wraps up this week's episode. Until then, see you at the movies, kid.